Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, everybody. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I am Rich Truman. We're talking fantasy football. It is Wednesday. Michael Barr is off. And joining me right now in the studio is Bloomberg's Damian Sassauer and Bailey Lipschultz. Guys, we're coming off week seven, better known as Bimageddon. Not so bad this week. Only two teams off, the Ravens and the Raiders. So... That means get Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, and any other Ravens and Raiders out of your lineup. And guys, the big matchup out of the gate Thursday night, the undefeated Arizona Cardinals hosting the 6-1 Green Bay Packers. Right off the bat, we have a couple of guys who are not going to go. Um, Damien, give us an update here. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I mean, you may as well say the Packers were on by as well because Adams and Lazard are both out for the week, which means the onus is going to be placed in that running game, Aaron Jones, Dylan, but expect Cobb, Tanyan, and maybe even MVS sees the field uh, to see increased roles versus Arizona on Thursday night. Now, MVS is on IR, so it's at the time of this taping, we are not sure if he's going to be available uh, Bailey, your thoughts on that game? Yeah, expect a big game from Robert Tunyon as well as if you're going for a sleeper pick, Equinemius St. Brown could be the receiver because Aaron Rodgers has to throw the ball to someone. <laughs> and that's a, it's, it'll, it should be a high-scoring uh, game even without Devontae Adams now and Lazard playing. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if Rodgers shows up or we see a repeat of Week 1 against the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, and I'd look to see Ertz get back in the end zone. I mean, he got in the end zone in his first game last week and he adds a new dimension to that offense. So I'd like to see Zach Ertz play in a Increased role in Arizona. You know, I saw an interesting stat on ESPN. Without Devontae Adams, in six games, Aaron Rodgers has thrown 17 touchdown passes and one interception. So that did surprise me. So maybe he'll be more effective uh, than we than we uh, think right now. On the Arizona side, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, the volume is not there. 33 catches only in seven games, but he does have seven touchdowns. Who do you guys like out of the Arizona side? Well, I mean, you can't not like Christian Kirk. You can't not like, I mean, as if you have to spot Phil A.J. Green, you might have to do that. But, I mean, look, you know, the running game in Arizona has also left something to be desired. Really, it's the Kyler Murray show in Arizona. So, you know, it's it for me, it's it's it, after him, it's, it's really a crapshoot. Yeah, I feel like if you have Rondale Moore, it's really a dart throw. Your only upside for this Cardinals team is they should be throwing the ball a lot. It is a very much banged-up secondary for the Green Bay Packers. And if Aaron Rodgers does anything, they'll be throwing the ball. Otherwise, <laughs> you could see some garbage time James Conner uh, pounding the ball, running the clock down. 
Uh, by the way, James Conner was my sleeper pick last week, Damien, if you do remember. He did get in the end zone. I was yes, playing him. Yes, he did. All right, let's uh, move on to some other games for the week. How about Miami Buffalo? The over-under is 50 points. Week two, these two teams played. The Bills shut out the Dolphins 35 to nothing. We know Josh Allen and the Bills could have put up the points. But what about the Dolphins? The last two weeks, Tua averaging 25 points with six TDs. Is he a play this week, gentlemen? Well, I think I think Malcolm Brown is out here. So the interesting highlight for me is that Miles Gaskin, you know, good or bad, is going to see higher volume, and so might Salvin Ahmed. In fact, Salvin Ahmed might be a sleepy pickup, um, you know, because he might see some additional touches here on Miami. But yeah, you know, two has looked really good. Um, the rest of the team, not so much, with the exception of Waddle. You know, Waddle's starting to show up a little bit. You know, I think he might be a good start as well. Yeah, I don't think Mike Gesicki is a poor play if you have a buy like a Mark Andrews or a Darren Walder at the tight end spot. But Rich, to your point, these these numbers from Tua were against the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> and the Atlanta Falcons. So it's it's really hard to try to draw a parallel to a Buffalo Bills team coming off a bye, which has been really, if not the only, one of the few good defenses that we've seen on a week-by-week basis this year in the NFL. And Gasicki that you mentioned, who went to Penn State, um, I believe the last two games, again, you said against weak defenses, understood. I believe he has like 15 catches for almost 200 yards and a touchdown, so he he actually could be a sneaky play. Um, let's move on to Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Over-under is 50. We know you can't run on Tampa. Uh, New Orleans finally threw the ball to Alvin Kamara last game against Seattle. He had 10 catches in the prior five games. He had a total of 15 catches. Do you think we see more Alvin Kamara catching the ball out of the backfield? You know, Rich, it's been tough to run on the Saints as well. So, you know, Fournette, despite all you know all his attributes, he looked absolutely great. He's taking control of the RB1 in, in Tampa Bay. But, you know, it might be tough. On the other hand, you're right. Uh, Kamara, I mean, I mean, what did he have, 10 receptions for like a gazillion? Y'all? I mean, he had such a crazy game. I mean, he just gets it done. So you can't bet against Kamara. And look, you know, we'd like to see AB come back. I think they're going to need him to come back. Because uh, I think the over/under, as you rightly point out, is something like 50. So you know you're going to need uh, you're going to need uh, some so, some some additional options for Tom Brady. Has been an absolute beast as well. So I mean, I'd like to see him come back and do something in this game. Yeah, I think you see a lot of vo- uh, volume for Alvin Kamara, a lot of passing downs because I really think this could become a one-sided blowout where the Buccaneers are putting up 35, 45 points. Uh, just given the high volume, all the weapons that they have, it's tough for that Saints defense to match up. And, and you can sit back and say this is a divisional matchup. It is a bad blood rivalry, but the Saints have not really looked uh, that great as a whole unit, and it is indoors, which should play to Tom Brady's benefit. Yeah. With that being said, if you think they're going to put up that many points, is Winston a good play? There will be volume. He's going to throw it. I just I have not seen anything from Jameis Winston personally at all this year that makes me feel confident yeah. that you can start it. Yeah, he's not leading his receivers at all, and that's the problem. I mean, you saw that very clearly against uh, the Seahawks, you know. And so, look, I agree with you. Even though the weather conditions were pretty dismal, you know, famous Jameis isn't someone you can really rely on. There is a chance that Gronk could be back, and Mike Evans is coming off a three-touchdown game. Uh, Let's move on to Tennessee and Indianapolis. At Indy, over under 51. Besides Derrick Henry, who's obviously (laughs) the number one running back, do we like anybody else in this game? Bailey? Not particularly. I don't I don't have faith in Ryan Tannehill unless you're forced to start Ryan Tannehill. I don't have faith in either Antonio Brown or, uh, I'm sorry, A.J. Brown. 
I don't I don't see the upside. I, I mean, you have to start them. You have to start him or Julio Jones, I think. But I don't think you plug them in with any confidence that there will be a very strong showing from this Titans offense. Well, you know, I mean, there's a fantasy mantra that a lot of people live by, myself included. You never draft Carson Wentz onto your fantasy football team. But Carson Wentz has looked pretty good these past few weeks, and he could be in for a good day against the shoddy Titans defense. And look, I hate to say his name, and, you know, you're going to probably fillet me for doing it. T.Y. Hilton is back in business, and with Paris Campbell out and just Pittman to throw to, he could see an increased role, so uh, maybe a sleeper pick there for uh, deeper leagues. Okay, let's move on to New England against the Chargers. Over under is 49. Chargers had a bye week, and they're coming off a disappointing game against the Ravens. New England obviously blew out the Jets. Damian Harris, two touchdowns. This could be a high-scoring game. Do we like Mac Jones, or do you think the Patriots are going to try to keep the ball on the ground, Damian? If only Mac Jones could play the Jets each and every week, he would be a rock star from fantasy perspective. But I think things are going to get tough against the Chargers here. They've had a bye week to kind of get their their house in order. And um, and so, look, I'm not looking for Mac Jones to do all that much of anything. But you make a good point. Damian, uh, 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 Damian Harris did look good. Um, you know, he could be in for a pretty big day if they keep the game close. Yeah, I really like the tight ends in this game for New England. I really like Jonu Smith or Hunter Henry. I think one of them, if not both of them, will get into the end zone because they will have a lot of pressure on Mac Jones to throw the ball and safety blankets from a talented pair of tight ends that are tougher to match up with against a very stout front seven for Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, The highest point total game this week is the Sunday night game with Minnesota hosting Dallas. Right now it is at 55, so there should be plenty of scoring. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been pretty good throwing the ball this year. Uh, do we see more of the same, Damian? I mean, you know, I, I think we do. I mean, the Vikings have looked really good. I think they know how to put points on the board. They've got Cook back healthy. I mean, so, yeah, you know, I think I think things are, are kind of trending in the right direction. Cowboys coming off a bye week. I think Dak is ailing, so I don't know really what to expect. I mean, that can impact the over-under in this game if he doesn't suit up. But, you know, all, all indications point to the fact that he will play, and that should result in a high-scoring game with a lot of fantasy output for a lot of stars. Yeah, a lot of high firepower on that Vikings team. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, Kirk Cousins coming off a game where he put up over 30 at Carolina, a bye week to kind of get everyone on the same page before a big Sunday night matchup. Makes me really like the over and really like the ability of Kirk Cousins to move the ball downfield in what should turn into a shootout between him and Dak Prescott. Now, the Cowboys obviously have a lot of a lot of targets, a lot of people could get the ball, but the tight end Schultz has been pretty, pretty impressive this uh, year, Bailey. Yeah, he's been a terrific. I picked him up in one of my leagues because I completely whiffed on buying the Robert Tunyon hype. Uh, and it's paid very much dividends because he's been really getting a lot of looks, a lot of targets from a Dak Prescott who is coming off that injury and playing really well and really finding not only him, but also getting Amari Cooper and uh, CeeDee Lamb involved. You're never really knowing who's going to get in the end zone, but the Cowboys offense really putting up numbers this year. All right, finally, the last game we'll focus on is the Monday night game, which is uh, Kansas City hosting the Giants over under around 52-53 right now. Mahomes coming off his worst start of his uh, career, at least fantasy-wise. Giants actually coming off a rare win. What are we expecting in this game, Damian? Well, this is my sleeper of the week. I think Daniel Jones is in for a pretty big day against the weak KC uh, defense. But look, you know, KC's still favored by nine and a half. They're still going to win the game, but the Giants are going to need to keep up with them. And Jones didn't look half bad last week. So, yeah, no, I think he might be a sleepy play here. Damian, if you see my paper across the room, I have my sleeper pick is Daniel Jones. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think Daniel Jones is going to have to keep up. It'll be interesting to see if a Tony suits up this week or Shepard. Uh, Barkley obviously missed the last couple of games. 
you think Kansas City comes back on track, Bailey? Yeah, and it's a I think a double digit line at least as of now of this taping. So I think it should be a game where you see Patrick Mahomes really ball out. All eyes will be on him on Monday night. But to your guys' point, I think Daniel Jones with his ability to get out of the pocket and pick up potentially long yardage runs could add a lot of significant fantasy value for again a week that doesn't have a lot of buys but has starting quarterbacks who you could be looking to grab someone off the waiver wire and plug them in so i think it could be another shootout game you know rich there are a couple other sound bites we have to address here michael thomas jerry judy each could play and should be added in most leagues and from my perspective you might want to even take a flyer on a guy named Deshaun Watson ahead of the trade deadline, right? I mean, Deshaun could get traded to perhaps even the Panthers or the Broncos, maybe even the, 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 the Washington football team. So keep an eye on that as well. It's funny. I had him in my other league for a while. I dropped them, and I just actually picked him up yesterday. So we'll see what happens in that. Um, the lowest point total of the week, gentlemen, San Francisco and the Bears, 39. Do we stay away from everybody or Debo and Elijah Mitchell for the 49ers? Well, from my perspective, you know, I mean, look, Brandon Ayuk, Robbie Anderson, Odell Beckham Jr., Tyler Boyd, they're all drops. Robinson on Chicago, they're all drops. So, you know, my point is that's, you know, from a fantasy perspective, very difficult to get excited about any of the uh, players, with the exception of Debo Samuel maybe on San Francisco, um, you know, to get excited about any of those players in that game. See, I'll take the other side. I really like Khalil Herbert again, the running back for the Chicago Bears. He's been seeing a lot of volume uh, with David Montgomery out. He got 18 carries last week, over 100 yards of total production. It could be an interesting play if you need someone to fill into that flex, and especially uh, with just simply the volume being there. He will get touches no matter if they're playing from behind like they were last week or if they're ahead of the, if they're somehow ahead. Okay, we're going to end on sleeper picks. Both Damien and I like Daniel Jones. I'll give you one other one before we go to Bailey. Uh, if the Bengal-Jet game is a blowout, maybe P. Ryan can get a late touchdown mm-hmm. and get a couple carries. So I'll give you that to keep an eye on. Who do you like, Bailey, as a possible sleeper pick this week? I was going to say P. Ryan as a potential, as you said, running out the clock in what will likely be a blowout. But I think my sleeper pick is Hunter Henry scores twice. I really like um, his potential production in, again, what I think will be a shootout game in Los Angeles. Mac Jones will rely on him, and I think he gets in the end zone twice. I think he's a terrific streaming tight end. And if you have some shortage and want to roll out a tight end to your flex for some reason, he's not a bad play. Oh, thanks to Damian Sassauer and Bailey Lipschultz of Bloom. I am Rich Truman. You can catch us every Wednesday on our Business of Sports podcast where we focus on fantasy football. Have a great day and good luck in week eight. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. 
their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.